I just wanted to, uh, this morning, I, I know I sent out, you know, to the prayer chain, just wanted us to pray for God to really move on lives this morning in terms of um, setting us free, healing, whatever it might be. And I just wanted to sort of bring a simple message this morning. I'm hoping it's simple as we get into it. But I was thinking about, so, so where it stems from is Jesus was um, sent out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit and was tempted by the devil on the 40th day, like he'd been fasting for 40 days, no food or water. And at the end, he was tempted by the devil. The devil couldn't get through to him because Jesus is too good. And it says he came back and, and there was a change that happened in his life. And we might read a little bit about that. But, but basically, when he came back, people said, this guy's different. There's something different about this Jesus. And what it says is he came back and he'd been filled with the Holy Spirit and, and started really into his earthly ministry after this time, like in, in a powerful way, because he'd been filled with the Holy Spirit. He'd come and filled him and, and he was ministering in a powerful way. And I was thinking, gee, how different it is, his experience to so many of ours. And I remember doing the Year 10 trip with Morara um, Christian College and it's a two-week bus trip, I think it's two weeks, something like that, and you, know, you drive around everywhere and you see everyone jump on the bus the first day, everyone's so excited and you go off and you do so many activities, you get burnt out, you get tired, but you're also on that bus for a while and I tell you what, it really stinks. <laughs> it's like a coach and the kids are sleeping there, they're not showering. I'm pretty sure some of them, like especially when we went to Larapinta, which was a different trip, but that was like a camp. I'm pretty sure none of them showered. Some of them didn't shower for two weeks, literally. And there was this, this smell coming up and, and, you know, you come back and everyone hops off that bus. I'll tell you what they don't look like, energised and filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's like there's this real, you know, tiredness. And if you've ever been camping, you probably experience the same thing, right? You go out, you pack everything, so exciting, you go out, it's so relaxing, you come home. And you just look at everything you've got to clean up, pack up, put away, and it's actually quite exhausting. So you come back sort of refreshed, but sort of at the same time, you're just like, man, I've got so much to do. But it really doesn't feel like you're filled with this power, you know what I mean? I've come back from camping and, you know, the whole world's different now. Um, oh, maybe sometimes it does. But Jesus went out into the wilderness, he came back and there was a marked change in his life. And... What I wanted to do this morning was talk about that change and, and really the simplicity of what Jesus came to do. All right, So we can, we can easily get caught up in the complexity of being a Christian. We can, we can you know, come to Jesus Christ, we can get saved, we can get born again and, and uh, we'll talk maybe a little bit about that as well, what, what does actually being born again mean. But we come to Jesus, we hear a message and the message is this, that Jesus Christ died for your sins. So, you up so beautifully this morning that God sent Jesus for us to set us free. It was a costly thing for God, but he figured it was worth it because he wanted relationship with us. The, the simplicity of it was that, that Jesus wanted to grab you and me, put us into relationship with God so that we can be free, not be bound. And, and yet so often in our Christian walk, we we become so complicated. Have you ever noticed that? that? That we're sort of like 
to get something from Jesus, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to, you know, whatever it might be, I need to pray seven hours a day if I want to see anything from God. We, we get a, a funny idea that although our salvation was free, our freedom isn't. And, and I guess it isn't. It was very costly for God. He sent his only son to redeem us. But I wonder how often we walk away from the simplicity of what Jesus actually came to do. And, and we're going to be looking at a passage in Luke chapter 4. And we're going to be talking about that at the end of the service. What I'm going to say is, guys, do you want to be free this morning? Do you want to be free from the words that your mum and dad spoke over you or an enemy spoke over you, a friend spoke over you that, that trap you? Do you want to be free from that? Do you want to be free from your bad habits? Do you want to be free from um, depression? Do you want to be free from your sickness? Do you want to be free? Is that something that you desire? Is that something that, that, that you sort of think, I would love that? You know, I, I've, I've gone through all my life and I just believe I'm nothing. I can't make friends because I'm so... I just feel so bad about myself and every time I think about myself all I get is negative thoughts of who I am and what I've done and you know I, I can't escape my past it's there holding on to me do you want to be free from that well, I've got good news for you this morning that Jesus Christ came to set you free and, and freedom does not mean that one day you'll die and go to heaven that's great but that's not living free, is it? It's like waiting in prison until you die, knowing that one day you'll be out of prison because they'll grab your dead corpse and bury you in the ground. That's not freedom. Yet Christ has called us to freedom. And what I want us to grab hold of today is that this freedom has been won by Jesus. The whole purpose of Jesus came into the world not to... You know, when he it, when it came, it, and <laughs> it'll become very clear, hopefully, as we talk about it. He didn't say, you know, I come to the world to make sure that you have a deeper theology, that you understand predestination and double predestination and transfiguration and all those sorts of things. They're important parts of what God said. But, but in all honesty, when you li listen to what Jesus said, most of the time, it was very simple, wasn't it? You know, yeah, but I'm here for deep. I need deep if I want to be free. And Jesus came and he said, hey, guys, look at the birds. God looks after them. He'll look after you. Oh, that's deep theology, Jesus. Hey, a woman lost a coin. She couldn't find it anywhere. And, you know, so she went searching for it and because it was so precious to her. And what he was saying was, you're so precious that Jesus came to grab you and find you. That's deep theology, Jesus. Now, I'm sure he understood a lot, and as he spoke in the synagogues, there would be things that came out of his mouth that people were like, how on earth did you understand that? You've revealed the word to, of God to us in a, in a different way, a, an unusual way, and, and no doubt that as he, he spoke about the scriptures that people were amazed at his understanding of, of his heavenly Father and the word of God, but... In all honesty, the gospel was centered around his life, his death, so that our sins could be forgiven, that we could be restored to relationship with God. 
just as it was with Adam, Adam and Eve. You know that they walked in the garden and God walked with them in the evening. They had relationship. They had everything. And yet they gave it up. They, they were convinced that there's something more. And, and we're like that sometimes. We, we think, you know, there's something more. We need to know more. And in fact, the temptation to Adam and Eve was, if you eat from this fruit, you will know the difference between good and evil. All of a sudden, everything will open up. And, and what you'll do is you walk out of the, the close relationship with God and you'll have all this knowledge and understanding, but you, you're losing the intimacy with him. And that's what God wants to draw us into today as Christians, that intimacy with him, that, that knowing him, that knowing his love, knowing his peace, knowing his joy, knowing his life in our hearts, not that we might grow, we, we need to grow in understanding, we need to grow in wisdom, we need to grow in knowledge, but not so that our knowledge could become the God that we serve in itself, but that all knowledge would lead us to Christ, to the forgiveness to the, the setting free of what he has for us. And so we're going to look at Luke chapter 4 now. And we're going to be looking at verse 16 to 21. So remember again, Jesus is off in the desert. And so he's come back and he's read the scripture. Luke 4, 16 to 21. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was hand, handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favour has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. This scripture you have just heard has been fulfilled this very day. So this is Jesus reading from the scriptures and where he's reading from is Isaiah 61 verse 1 and 2 but he cuts sort of midstream in that passage if you go and look that passage up you'll see that there's judgment to come but that's not Jesus role on this earth his role was not to judge in fact he said it very clearly I didn't come to condemn the world but I came that the world might be saved but as Jesus was there reading that he, he said to them Today, this scripture has been fulfilled. What, what's been fulfilled today, Jesus? What's been feel, fulfilled today? That you are looking upon the one who God has sent, the Messiah, the one who's come to bring something to this place. And this is what I've come to bring. An anointing, something from God, from the Holy Spirit, so that I can bring good news to the poor, to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, the oppressed will be set free, and there is a time of the Lord's favour now come to this earth. God with us. This Christmas time as we remember that. And the problem is that, that before Jesus, and even after Jesus sometimes, 
Sin has damaged this world so much. Sin has damaged your life so much that you need someone to do a repair job on your life. The hate that has been directed towards you that stems from sin, the poverty that came on your life because of greed, the, the hopelessness that came because you didn't know that God was with you, then you thought he was an evil, horrible God that just wanted to punish you. But the damage of sin is like this. It impoverishes us. It breaks our heart. It makes us captive. It blinds us and it oppresses us. Everything in your life that is damaging to you is a result of sin in some way. And didn't Jesus come to deal with sin? Didn't he come so that, that sin no longer had a hold over us? And we, we think, oh yeah, sin having a hold over me is only the good and bad things I do. You know, So now I don't just choose to do the bad thing and that's, now I can choose to do the good thing, which is absolutely 100% true. That those of us who are born again have a new nature. And that nature is after Christ. That, that the old things have passed and you have come... But, but you see, the freedom from sin doesn't just extend to forgiveness of sin. True freedom from sin is when those other things fall off us. The things that, that sin has put into our life begin to crumble under the weight of God's righteousness and the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That you no longer have to be impoverished, you no longer have to be heartbroken, you no longer have to be oppressed, you no longer have to be held captive by anything in your life because sin has been dealt with. And with sin being dealt with, isn't that also the results of that sin? That now sin being removed from your life means that the life of God himself can come into your life and change things? That, that you can be set free. This is a very simple message that Jesus came and, and he said, this is what I've come to do. This is what I have come to do. And so often we have complicated Christ far beyond that. We're like, well, you know, it has to be about, you know, deepness and this and that and, you, you know, what, what, I don't know. It just seems so hard and complicated because all the time you're trying to save yourself. You're trying to be the one that, that changes things. You're trying to be the one that makes things right and you can't. You just simply cannot make things right. The only way it can be made right is when the life of Christ is transferred to you through the Holy Spirit and lives in you. I'm not going to talk much longer this morning. I'm going to go, go through one more verse in just a minute. But here's the challenge. For you this morning, we are going to have a prayer time at the front. Now you cannot tell me that no one here is feeling oppressed. No one here is feeling the weight of sin somewhere in their life, where they're feeling like they're, they're, they're worthless, where sickness has got hold of them, and I'll, I'll just read that in a minute about sickness, because I 100% believe, 
believe that God wants you healed of any sickness. 100%. Why do I believe that? Because Jesus went around and he healed all those who were brought to him. All of them, without exception. The one who was in sin, he would heal. He still healed them. Because the heart of God was there in Jesus Christ who came to do that very work, to, to set us free. Now, the biggest thing, of course, is that we become born again, that, that we believe in Jesus Christ, that our sins are forgiven, that the relationship is restored with our Heavenly Father and we end up with him forever in eternity. Of course. But let's not go, well, that's it. You know, my sins are forgiven. That's all God wants to do for me. You know, the rest of my life, I'm just going to live it out. You live, you work, you die sort of thing. It's just, you know, that's what life is. But, but when Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I've come to give life and life more abundantly, can we actually believe that for a minute? Can we believe that what God wants for us is actually good? Do we really believe the verse in Jeremiah that we so often quote, you know, I know the plans that I have for you to, to prosper you. Do we actually really believe that? Do we believe that the verse that says with a long life, I will satisfy you and I will show you my salvation? Can we believe that for a minute? Can we believe for a minute that that verse that says, I am your healer, that I will take disease and sickness out of the midst of you? Can we believe for a minute the verse that says, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed? You were healed, it says in Peter as he recounts that word from Isaiah. Can I believe for a minute that he does really want me to be the head and not the tail, that he really does believe that he wants me to be above and not beneath, that, that he really wants to wipe all the tears from my eyes, that, that he really is my peace, that he really is my comfort, that he really is my hope, that he really is my, my everything that I need, that in everything I have more than enough. Can I believe that? Well, this morning you have a chance to come up the front when we pray and, and hopefully we'll see God do something in your life. What are you promising me, Neil? Are you promising me this? No, I'm promising you this one thing, that God does want to heal you. God does want to set you free. God does want you to be loose from oppression. God does want you to feel free from outside pressure to be somebody else that you're not, but to be who he wants you to be. God wants that. And so when we pray, and it'll be me and, and whatever elders are here this morning, we'll get everyone up the front. Do you want to be free this morning? Come on, do you? Do you want to be free from something? Is there something in your life that you're not free? Is there a relationship that you just can't seem to get rid of or... Is there words that just keep haunting you? Is there, is there a fear that you can't overcome? Is there a sickness in your body that you really want healing for, that, that you, really, you really want to believe that God would heal you, but you don't actually believe he's good? You don't believe that every good and perfect gift comes from God who doesn't change? Is there something there? Is there something in your life that, that you know God needs to work on? What about that unforgiveness that's settled in your heart and, and every single time you think of a person, you get enraged or you get angry and, and you just can't forgive them? Is there something there that you need to be free from? Because Jesus came for that very purpose, to set you free. 
Jesus came for that very purpose that you might have life in its fullness, the, the complete, abundant life of, of a Christian, someone who is now back in the garden with God. God came to set you free. And, and we see evidence of this ministry of Jesus when, you know, like, oh, yeah, but, you know, it's only about sin. It's just all about sin. Jesus setting us free from sin, and we're still subject to whatever happens in the world. That is true in a way. But God has invited us to invite him into our life to change things, and that's why it is called a miracle. Where the God who created everything, who is before everything, above everything, who is not bound by the rules of this world, comes and steps in and says, here you go. That cancer's dead. Here you go. I'm healing your body. Here you go. I'm taking that pain and I'm removing it. And when Jesus talked about setting people at liberty or, you know, to set people free, it goes back and it seems to speak of the year of Jubilee back in the Old Testament that God set up. And in that year, slaves were set free, debts were cancelled, and people were given a brand new start. That is what Jesus came to do. John, his cousin, John the Baptist, was in prison. John's disciples were asked by him to go and see, is Jesus really the Messiah? Can you guys just check it out for me? And so off they went. They found Jesus. They pulled him aside and said, John, you know, your cousin in prison, he wants to know, are you the Messiah or, or is there someone else to come? No doubt, John had a lot of doubt. Like when he first saw Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He knew who Jesus was. But in a dark time, he was wondering, Who is this Jesus? And maybe you're in that dark time right now. You're in a place where everything seems to have been going wrong. It's not, not really exactly as you wanted it to be. You feel like, Jesus, are you real? Are you really the one? Did you really forgive my sin? Have you really set me free? They pulled Jesus aside and this is what he said. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life and the good news is being preached to the poor. Go back and tell John what you've seen. Isn't that amazing? That, that, that our hearts are being drawn back to what Jesus has done. Have a look. Go and tell John. Don't tell him that I've tried to convince you that I'm the Messiah by going into you know, the deep, deep scriptures and, and pulling out the deepest theology I can get and proving it by seven different ways and 20 different verses and, and bringing it all together. Jesus said, you want proof that, that I'm the Messiah? This is it. This is it. Not in my study of the scripture, but my living out of the word of God as I walk around this place. That, that as you look and see me, you know, you see that the deaf are hearing, the lame are walking, the blind are seeing, the dead are being raised to life, and I'm preaching the good news to the poor. What's that? What's good news to the poor? 
You don't have to be in poverty that I've come to enrich your life and it can be spiritually and it can be physically, that, that I want to lift you out of that place. If I'm poor, that's good news to me, right? So, so what Jesus was saying was, I want you to go and tell him what I do and, and I want him to understand that, that my kingdom is all about restoration. It's all about setting people free. It's all about giving them a, a new life, a new chance at life. This is what I've come to do. And there's another scripture in Acts that I just want to read to you that, that is just so beautiful. So beautiful. And this is amongst the message from Peter as he was preaching. And you know, this is talking to people that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit with power. And what did Jesus do with that? Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Isn't that beautiful? You see, oppression does not come from God. Oppression comes from Satan himself. So whatever area of your life that you feel bound, that is not God. That is Satan having a field day with you. And Jesus went around doing good and healing all those who are oppressed of the devil. And now didn't Sue bring a scripture today about what we're meant to be doing as well? Did you read that? She talked about something about dead coming to life. She, she talked about, you know, that we're to be praying for the sick, we're to be doing whatever the works of Jesus is. And included in that is obviously we teach people to obey what Jesus has commanded. But I want to ask you this question before we stand and, and we're just going to get people to come forward. If you're sick today, why, why wait any longer? Just come up and get prayer. What's the worst thing that can happen? The worst thing, the very, very worst thing that could happen is that nothing happens, right? But I know God, he wants to heal. I know God, he wants to set free. Perhaps you, at the moment you're tortured by words in your, in your life. Come up for prayer. What's the worst thing that can happen? I'll tell you the best thing that can happen is that this morning as you stand here at the altar, you meet Jesus. You meet his power. You feel the touch of the Holy Spirit and something changes in your life. Wouldn't you like that? Wouldn't you love that? Wouldn't you just cry out for that? And maybe even as I'm speaking now, you cry out for that every single day. But you've never come and laid that at the altar. So how about we stand this morning and we'll get the musicians up and we'll get them to, to play. And what I would love you to do is to just be bold. As, as soon as you stand up this morning, I don't want you to wait and go, you know what, I might go up, I might not. 
oh yeah, I feel this way, but I don't know, I might be embarrassed, whatever it is. Just come up the front, stand here. Just stand here and, and begin to worship God and then we'll have elders come in and pray. But what I want the rest of the congregation to do is come behind those people. Once they're up the front, come behind them and pray as well. We just want to break stuff from the enemy over people's lives, don't we? We want to see healing. We want to see people's lives transformed and changed. Don't we? All right, let's stand, guys. And if that's you this morning, you've got something in your life, you're just like, you don't even have to tell anyone what it is. This isn't confession. This is you coming to God and asking for something. Now, it may even be that this morning you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. This is the first step. I want you to also come up the front with the others. And as we pray, we're just going to believe for God to come into your life for your sins to be forgiven because Jesus died on the cross for you. He is the substitute. We're going to pray for you as well to receive Christ this morning. So please come forward, those who need some prayer. Is there anyone who's sick? Come forward, don't not come forward. Come on, opportunity. Well, I'm sick. Well, come forward. This is what this is what God wants to heal you in some way, for sure. For sure. Is no one here oppressed or burdened with a bit of guilt? Come forward. Let's just see God do something in your life. Is there someone here who words have been spoken over them and they've just believed a lie that you're worthless come forward come forward come on we've got people to come in behind you to pray for you so we need you to just move a bit away from the chairs if you can that'd be great any sickness come on let's just stand let's believe for healing this morning